0: What's up Grizz Nation welcome to the show and what's up everybody if you're coming to the show for draft coverage Isaac and I do this every offseason it's something that we both enjoy unfortunately Isaac is not here with me tonight but I do have a suitable replacement I've got my guy William Harris with us William is Bill on Twitter he is the host of the all rookie podcast here at Sports Ethos and he's just an all-around dirtbag no I'm just kidding he's a good dude (laughs) I, I love this guy. We do a lot of work together, and so since Isaac was not available, I'm like, "Hey, who better to uh, to have as the first guest during draft season than my guy Bill?" How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing great, David. Great to be on. You threw me off with the dirt bag. I was suspecting <laughs> something, but I didn't know dirt bag was just compliant. <laughs> but uh, no, great to be here. Love the show. Sports eat those Grizzlies. Always good and fun to talk Grizzlies with you, Isaac. Come on, man. Every time I'm on, he just it disappears. I, I think I think we got B for something, but no, no, <laughs> it's
0: no, it's go. not that for sure. <laughs> well, look, we'll get you back on here with Isaac for sure. That's uh, I like it. We Isaac and I talk about Bill, not in a bad way, but like the one thing <laughs> that I like about him, he's not afraid to go against the grain. A lot of people will just kind of fall in line with consensus when they're 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 talking about draft picks. And here's the deal. You're not going to bat a thousand. You're going to miss on somebody. There's going to be somebody that you watch film and you see their game in college or the G league or overseas. And it's like, man, that skill right there is going to translate. And then it doesn't, it happens all the time. There are too many guys drafted that don't pan out. You're not going to bat a thousand. So you don't have to go along with consensus some people are scared to do that. Will, Will is not one of them. So I, I like looking at his board. Sometimes you get some stuff that you, you're like, okay, what's his mindset on that? Cause it seems a little bit crazy, but like, let's be honest, if you're not a little bit crazy, I, I think that, uh, you know, you're not worth listening to. So like, I've called you dirtbag and crazy and we're two minutes into <laughs> the show. And it's, it's it's all love though. Like that's a, I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I like the fact that he is not afraid to go against the grain because that typically gives you some pretty good takes. And a lot of times it will make you kind of step back and read these guys through a different lens. And and I think that's important. If you are just looking at these guys one way, you can definitely miss stuff. We've got four guys we're going to talk about today. You're the guest, man. I'm going to let you lead off. I, I'll tell you guys who all we're talking about. We're talking about Brandon Miller out of Alabama, six foot nine inch wing. Nick Smith Jr. out of Arkansas, six foot, six foot five inch wing. Cason Wallace, six foot, four, six foot four inch guard out of Kentucky. And then Cam Whitmore, six foot seven inch wing out of Villanova. These guys are all going to be the upper half of the draft. Not likely that they will be on the board anywhere around the Grizzlies pick. But uh, we told you we're starting from the top. These were the guys that were next in line, and we're just going to keep it rolling. Will, who do you want to start with out of those four guys?
1: Well, if the NBA goes by my board, two of these guys will be on the board during your pick. But let's start with the cream of the crop. Let's start with Brandon Miller. He's my fourth-ranked prospect in the draft. You know, some people have him second, some third. I don't think many people have him fourth, but I do in this scenario – Brandon Miller from Alabama, six foot nine, 200 pounds, averaged 19 points, eight boards, good all-around stats, really good three-point shooter at 38%. You know, he won all the awards you can win as a freshman, you know, MVP and attorney, all that great stuff. Great size, has sneaky athleticism, great shooting ability, can bury the three at any time, can score off the dribble, any way you want to do it. He can methodically break uh, down his man, get to the court, everything you want to do best case scenario he could be a Paul George type of player and everything sounds good you know great but I think he's worth a top five pick obviously I have him at fourth it's just three guys I like a little bit better when he's you know he is 6'9 when you watch the tape he kind of looks like he's 6'6 or 6'7 out there um I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing (laughs) because you know he moves well but I don't know if he plays as big as his size but Uh, I'm a fan. Uh, Do you have him in the top three? Since I have him fourth, what do you think?
0: Uh, Yeah, he's probably third for me. Um, So it's you know Victor Scoot are one and like to to me that's that's one and two like they're clear cut one and two. Yeah. Um, And then it's man, it's tough. Maybe four. I think maybe. Nah, I'm gonna go like. It's it's really close between him and Amon Thompson, right? right? And, and I think I give the slight edge to Miller just because of his ability to shoot. Amon Thompson is more of a point guard. Miller is going to be a wing player. He can play with the ball in his hands. He's made some really, really good passes. If you go and you dig into his film, you'll see him whip some passes. It's like, okay, that that that's impressive. And he can do it with either hand. There, there are a lot of guys that are really good, really strong right-handed passers, are their left hands are dominant hand and they can put it wherever they want it. But Brandon Miller can kind of do that with either hand. So that that's something that uh that I like to see from a guy that's six nine having that ability to be a playmaker is good. I also like the fact that he gives effort on defense. A lot of times the best player on a college roster is not a guy that is is putting the effort in. On the defensive end, but I think with that size, he's going to be a switchable defender. One through four, he'll probably struggle against some of the faster guards, but he's not going to be out on an island. Like it's not going to be something where, oh, if he gets switched onto the one of the other team, you're just in panic mode. He'll be okay. Um, another thing at the NBA level, if you're an elite shot maker you're going to get run like yeah. if you're serviceable on the defensive end and you're an elite shot maker, you're going to get run. And Miller is definitely more than just an elite shot maker, but you talked about him, you know, his three point shooting. I, you could definitely argue that he was one of the best three point shooters in all of college basketball this year. There were some off court stuff. I, I'm really, I'm not going to get into that. I'm not overly concerned with it. I know that NBA teams are going to do their research whenever it comes down to it, but Everything was investigated and there was nothing as far as charges for Brandon Miller. So, I'm, again, I'm, I'm not going to hammer on that because that's not something that if there was more there, if we had more information, uh, I, there's a lot of information out there. But if there were things that were a little more concerning, then maybe I'd dive into it a little bit. But this is a basketball show, not a new show. So, you know, if you want to learn more about that, you can go and search and you can read about it. But I think that after him getting cleared from everything that that's not going to affect his draft stock at all.
1: Well, I will say just pertaining to that, you know, we have another guy in that type of situation with Imani Bates. Do you think that's going to be held against Imani Bates and not Brandon Miller, or are they going to treat him similarly? I know we're not going to get too much into it, but I could see that being used against Imani. And I think they might try to overlook it with Brandon.
0: So you, I, I'll be honest with you, man. I'm not super familiar with, I know, like, very surface level about the Amani situation. Did he actually have charges or no? Because Miller didn't have charges. and He, I, had, if possession, I,
1: he had possession of a firearm. It was charged with the felony, but it got reduced to a mean, misdemeanor, something like that.
0: Yeah, I... I think, you know, Amani Bates has been a top guy in this recruiting class all throughout high school. Like, he was just killing the AAU circuit, a number one recruit, yada, yada, yada. And then he, he had a bad run in Memphis. You know, if you're from Memphis, you're aware of what he'd done with the Tigers. And I don't, like, this is not a, a penny bashing thing at all. Penny wanted to try something different with him, and it just didn't pan out. And then Amani left Memphis and went to Eastern Michigan, and you know he went up there and got buckets. But I think it, it's a little bit different, right? Because Miller didn't get charges, Amani did. So they're going to do research on either one of them. If you're right. the the difference is since the down year at Memphis and then him going to Eastern Michigan, Amani's no longer being talked about in the lottery. So I don't think that you're going to see as much light shine on that just because of where he's at projected wise in the draft.
1: Yeah, I just I just hope he doesn't fall too far. But back to Brandon Miller, you know, the that's that is one little thing that they could use against him if they wanted to. Um, But his tournament also, he kind of fell apart in the tournament, had a bad tournament people were looking at him because at the time it was like Braden Miller or Scoot, which one, which one going back and forth. But then he kind of dropped the ball in the tournament and that made a lot of people question, is he this good? Or is he just getting hyped up to bring attention to the draft and everything? But, so what do you think about that? And I'll give my opinion on that.
0: Yeah. So I've said this a couple of times in seasons past. The way that i break down a player or the way that that i analyze a player the performance in the tournament does not hold that much weight and with that being said not that you completely ignore what their performance was in the tournament but if you have brandon miller ranked in your top five even though he's struggling in that tournament he's got enough of a body of work to say okay He's still in it. He's still a top five player. And so even though he did struggle and maybe that would make me look into stuff a little bit more and question things a little bit more, I still think he's a top five guy without hesitation. And like I said, it's, it's really, it's three or four for me. Like I I have a hard time. I would really have to, not that I make a list or anybody would care to read my list, but if I had to make a list, Amy Thompson and Brandon Miller it may honestly just come down to a coin flip because they're, they're two different players, but skill set and talent wise, they're both, they both have things that they're really, really good at. And so I I don't know which way I would go there, but yeah, his tournament didn't, didn't change my mind on him at all.
1: Well, first of all, I agree with that, but let me say, don't sell yourself short sports. Eat those Grizzlies is like number one podcast and the whole sports eat those situations so i don't be talking about nobody wants to hear what you gotta say you're the man david and um, that's why i'm on the show with you so but yeah man, you, uh, ain't, you ain't gotta keep gassing me up to come <laughs> back man you can. Yeah. I, i'll tear you down in a little bit but no uh, <laughs> but no also you know i i agree with that a bad attorney should not you know drop someone too bad or too crazy unless you know they get totally exposed or anything But uh, I will say uh, Brandon Miller did also have a groin injury during that time. So Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't get talked about how he played through it. It just gets nitpicked that he didn't play great. So you can look at that as a good thing in my situation instead, like everyone else is trying to look at it as a bad thing. But I think Brandon Miller is going to be fun and he should be fine in the NBA.
0: So as we wrap him up, I got to go back to something that you said before we started talking about Brandon Miller. You said if if the draft goes the way that your board would go, two of these guys would still be on the board at twenty five. Which two of these guys would still be on the board at twenty five?
1: I have Case and Wallace at twenty sixth on my big board. I haven't done a mock draft because I'm going to wait till the res, the official results come out. Because otherwise, I mean, they're really just playing around because no one knows who's going to have the picks yet. Yeah. Uh, When depending on team and fit, he may move up, but I have him ranked 26 and Nick Smith. I have him ranked 30th on my big board. I know that both are a lot lower than the consensus, but you know,
0: and, and I could see, so Nick Smith, he obviously had a lot of hype going into Arkansas. We can go ahead and rotate into him, right? He's a six foot five inch wing. Uh, He had the injury and coming back from that injury, it never really felt like Nick Smith Found a rhythm this season in Arkansas he's got a nice mid range and floater package he He needs to bulk up six foot five inch doesn't have a lot of weight on his frame. He does have a frame where he can add muscle, but him not having any weight on his frame kind of i don't know i won't say scares him away, but he seems to shy away from contact and you have to be able to finish your contact in the n b a because these guys are going to make you finish through contact. And if we're going to talk about a weakness from Nick Smith Jr., I would say that's weakness number one, his inability to finish through contact. Um, He's a good ball handler. I don't know that he's going to be a one guard in the league. I think he's more of like a secondary playmaker, because I feel like he's more of a score first guy than getting teammates involved. Because of his ability to move and slash, he can play with or without the ball. And probably the most the the most impressive thing for me, for Nick Smith, is when he has the ball in his hands, he gets by his defender crazy fast with that first step. That first step is explosive, and that allows him to get downhill. So what I would hope to see as he continues to grow, when he's only 19 years old, so as he continues to add muscle to his body, I hope that he keeps that speed because if he keeps that elite speed and he gets the muscle on his frame to be able to finish through contact, he's going to be a guy that can definitely put up big numbers in the league.
1: Yeah. You know, and the um, issue with him is he had a lingering uh, knee injury. That's, I mean, that's never a thing you want to hear with a basketball player before he's even stepped in the NBA, but just overall with his game, you know, he is six five, but he looks uh, smaller than that to me out there, you know, He can hit the floater all day he's kind of perfected that uh he can drive to the left or right very fast player but he doesn't really create a lot of space between him and his defender you know he's very fast in transition he can light it up when he gets hot you love that but he's kind of like your typical streaky shooter in the nba he can win you a game he can lose you a game you know he can be a malik monk type of player he can be a bones highland type of player and I think both of those guys needed to be on the right team to succeed. As we know, Malik Mon Ma struggled a little bit. Um, and Bones Highland just got traded from a championship type of team because they didn't feel his, his type of game was ready for that. And they basically gave him away for peanuts. So um, I don't know if his archetype is even highly sought after right now in the NBA. That's why I have him 30th.
0: Yeah, I I just think size and athleticism is going to do it for him. Six foot five, he's got a plus wingspan and his age. You know, we talked about it on your show, how the NBA, like if you're over 22, the NBA doesn't act like they want to draft you because 22 is uh, washed up and you're not going to get anything out of a 22-year-old. But, yeah, I I think I would be extremely surprised. Like if he's still on the board at 25 – I've made it known that I hope that the Grizzlies don't make a single pick in this draft, um, but if they get there at 25 and a guy like Nick Smith is still on the board, I would uh, I would not be dissatisfied with them taking him at 25 for sure.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, he was, you know, the number one overall player in the class of 2022, so the talent is there. I just, I just wonder how he's going to fit. He, I definitely think he needs to go to the right team. Uh, I don't know. I agree with you though with Memphis, you know, y'all have been drafting a lot of rookies and it's not really been working out as much as if you would have traded a pick for a veteran, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I like, I think that that knee injury, we didn't really get to see his full game at, at Arkansas this year. And so I don't know how much that's going to affect his draft stock. You look at him in different places and even just in your like your, your mainstream places he's got kind of a wide range on where he's at i've not seen anybody have him as far down as you do but like i said i, I like that uh, that you're not scared to go against the grain because somebody's going to be right in this situation these guys that got him as a top 10 player you know maybe maybe they're going to be right and he works out and he is uh, you know a top 10 player in this draft or maybe he never, you know, recovers from this knee thing and it just becomes a lingering thing and it causes problems. You don't want to see something like that, but you never know if that's going to happen or not. And that could definitely impact what he does at the next level. Um, I, I do like, let me ask you, when you watch him on film as a defender, we talked about him needing a little bit more muscle and I, he he shows flashes of elite defense but i think that the thing that's keeping him from being elite defender right now is the lack of muscle because he can be bullied because of his size do you think that he's got the do you think he has elite defensive skill or no
1: Not yet. And I agree with you about the size. I think if he gets bigger, that will help him a lot, you know, because when you think of a skinny player, you think of a smaller player, but again, he is six five. So he is one of the fastest players in this draft. So as long as he wants to play defense, you know, he bulks up, I think he'll be fine. I, I think, um, defense kind of in scouting is a little overrated. I think, some of these guys have been the man their whole life, and they've never really had to play defense, and they know they're going to be picked in the first round for the most part, and they just have never been forced in that situation to lock down on defense for the most part. Any of these guys can play defense unless they're really slow. So, I mean, if, if you want to be an NBA, you you ought to be able to play defense. But you know, my, that's mainly a factor with centers. I feel um, some of them just can't keep up, like Luca Garza type players, and they never get on the court, but if you have the offensive game, like Nick Smith does, uh, I think he'll be fine. And, you know, I have him 30th, and it's not that I don't like him. It's just this draft is so deep. There's a lot of guys I like ahead of him. You know, he's 6'5", and weirdly enough, he's one of the shorter prospects in this draft. This draft is loaded with super tall guys that can do some of the same things he can. So you want a 6'9 guy like Nick Smith or 6'5"? You know, this draft is just Unlike any in recent history is so packed full of talent,
0: yeah and i and I don't think you shot you mentioned Malik Monk and Bones Highland. I don't think Nick Smith's shot his jumper is not there yet, not from three, not for me. um you know, Bones Highland was a pretty much sharpshooter coming out, and that hasn't necessarily translated for him at the nBA level yet. I think that that will come around, but um you know, if you go prospect for prospect, bones Highland was far and away a better shooter than Nick Smith going into the draft.
1: Yeah, I think Bones was like 38% from three. Nick Smith, he's not too far off, 34%. But, yeah. yeah, just the same archetype.
0: All right, man. So, we got Cason Wallace or Cam Whitmore, Whitmore. Who you want to go with next?
1: Let's go ahead to Cason Wallace. since Two down in a row. <laughs> Let's do it. T- two down
0: in a row. And so, he he's another one you had him at – Twenty six, you said on your board. Yes, sir. So this is this is where Will has a a downfall here. If I've learned anything about the draft, if I've learned anything about the NBA at all, it is that you don't bet against Kentucky guards. Kentucky guards come out and they hoop like that's it's just what they do. And Grizzlies fan, Cason Wall is six foot four inch guard from Kentucky. He strikes me as a bigger D'Anthony Melton. This dude is a straight menace on the defensive end of the floor. You talk about like a lot of these guys that are first round prospects. They've never been forced to play defense. Cason Wallace does like he, he has great instincts on the defensive end. He can get beat and still make up for it because of his elite foot speed. He's only six, four, but he's got, I think I want to say I saw two different measurements. So it's either a six foot eight or six foot six foot nine inch wingspan. We'll get measurements whenever they get to the combine and I can update that a little bit later, but he uses that length very, very well. Super disruptive in passing lanes when he's playing off the ball, really good point of attack defender. He gets a lot of blocks for a guard and that is things like the the hustle plays that he makes the disruptiveness on the defensive end of the floor. That are some Those are some of the things that Grizzlies fans loved about De'Anthony Melton, and I think Wallace has a lot of those same qualities.
1: Well, De'Anthony Melton was drafted where? Late first, right? Ah, uh, man, I have to go back and look.
0: I want to <laughs> say, yeah, yeah. It's it's been a little bit now. Yeah. I'll look that up while you're talking about Wallace okay. here, and I'll let you know.
1: <laughs> and also, he was traded for the twenty third pick last year. So I just, I just don't know. You know, that's this is the range he should be in. I don't know if Casey Wallace is a starter. For him to be in the lottery pick, do you see him starting on a team?
0: Um, I I think it really depends on the team, honestly.
1: Yeah. Cause yeah. It, it's hard to break through as a starting point guard in the NBA. It's not many open spots. Um, and you know, he's a good shooter, he's a solid guard. He can hit he's a spot up three point shooter, can get to the rack, hit the pull up J. He can blow by defenders normally, but uh, a lot of times he methodically makes his way to the rack. Um, You know, he's just not, he's very athletic, but but not explosive like Amen or uh, other dynamic guards. He's a smooth player. He's really good at steals. Like you said, defense, breaking up plays, but you know, he only averaged 12 points per game and four assists per game. I want to see both of those numbers up. In my opinion, he projects to be a backup point guard. So I just can't have a backup point guard in the lottery. He's also yeah. already had back issues and he was limited at times during his season at Kentucky.
0: So so it looks like Melton was actually a second round pick. It looked like forty-six to Houston. But the the drafted drafting D'Anthony Melton as opposed to what he has become is two different things, right? Like you, you want to see these guys develop whilst being bigger at six four than Melton and longer at six eight or six foot nine. Than Melton, I think that's going to turn out pretty well for him. A guy that can play that level of defense, if he will just lock in to being a, a a three and D guy, like he can get multiple contracts in the NBA just doing that. I think that you know you mentioned him being a backup point guard. He operates the pick and roll very well. There were times this year because of injuries that he had to be the primary guard for Kentucky. And you saw you saw him operating the pick and roll with the Kentucky big man and doing it effectively. So that's something you have to be able to do at the NBA level. You've got if you're a guard, you've got to be able to pick and roll. He's able to do that. Uh he's 35% from three. You talk about him being a good spot up shooter. I would like to see that number come up a little bit more. But one thing that you can't replace in a guy is a motor that's like that you either have it or you don't. And Wallace seems to be a guy that when he's on the floor, he's wired to go and puts an effort, both, both ends of the floor. And I think that he could possibly be one of the best two way players in this draft.
1: Well, you mentioned three and D, you know, playing a role in my opinion, that's describing a role player.
0: Yeah. I mean, but like elite role players help you win championships. Like, do I think and Wallace is going to be a star in the league? I I don't think that that's going to be the case, but I think that he can be an elite role player, a guy that can play off the ball, can be that spot-up shooter, that can be a secondary playmaker, that can go out and guard the best wing on the other team because of his size.
1: And I think, yeah, that's why I think he should be in the 20s. On a good team, in the 20s. But, you know, also last year, you know, I I scouted Trevor Keels from Duke. He was a freshman that came out. I think their games were very similar. Trevor Kills looked a little better than him. Trevor Kills went around pick 40, barely played at all this year in the NBA. So I just think Kaysom Wallace has a uphill battle to get minutes and find a fit. Um, but if that right team selects him, he can fit in. You know, I've heard people say he can be a Drew Holiday type. If he can get to that level, then yeah, of course he should go higher. But just as of right now, I think he's got some work to do.
0: I mean, you s- Drew Holiday, was he the star of the team when they won the championship? No, he wasn't. He was the third best player on the team. And I think that Case and Wallace, could, he could definitely be that. The, the thing, I feel like NBA fans get spoiled because you have stars that move and you're like, LeBron goes to Miami, let's build build a big three. Um Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, big three in Boston. Right now, the Grizzlies have three guys that are all-star caliber players in Desmond Bain, John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. So, yeah, I mean, Drew Holiday was an all-star. I don't want to take it. He's fantastic. He's a good <laughs> player. Like, I, I'm not bashing Drew Holiday, but Drew Holiday and his career in the league Do you feel like he's ever been the best player on his team?
1: Uh, Probably not. And if he was, it was in Philadelphia. Um,
0: Our early years in Philly. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe you could give it to him then. I'd have to go back and look at some of the rosters. And again, I love Drew Holiday. Like, I'm definitely not bashing him. He's a great – he's one of the best defensive guards in the league. He can run the offense. He takes care of the basketball. He shoots the ball well. And – that was the piece that the Bucks needed to get them over the hump to win the championship. And if you're the third best player on one of the 30 best teams in the world, then, you know, you're a top 100 player in the world. You're doing okay in life. So if Casey Wallace only ever becomes the third best player on whatever team he goes to, I think he's doing all right. I got to look, man. I, I didn't. I had no idea that you had him so far down.
1: Yeah, that's kind of.
0: I, I haven't looked at your board. I I knew like your top five. We we've had that discussion. Um, man, I <laughs> I, I want to see the 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 lowest that I see him anywhere else. I, after we get done here, I'm definitely looking that up because that's uh that's interesting to me. Well,
1: answer me. Let me ask you one more question. You you okay. you, you looked up Marcus Sassa, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, how do you fit? Do you think and Wallace is better than Marcus Sasser? Because I think Marcus right,
0: Sasser is better. Right now, right now, the answer to that question is absolutely not. Marcus Sasser is a better player right now. But you look at the age, okay, right, right. in in two years, who's gonna be better? And, and I don't know the answer to that. I it may still be Sasser at that point. Um, but the size, you know, um Wallace's is bigger, not by much. His wingspan is much bigger than Sasser's. So like those things, the physical tools, I think are going to be what separates those two. And again, it goes to age. Sasser is going to be what he's going to be 22 on draft day. Yeah you know the, the, Sasser sounds like a grizzlies player <laughs> he's a guy he's a guy that played multiple years in college and and Memphis knows him like Memphis fans know Sasser cuz he played for Houston and that that's a rivalry game for the tigers so like right now i would 100% agree with you that Sasser is the better player but when you're drafting a player in the first like in the lottery specifically you're not necessarily looking for a guy that's going to contribute right off the bat. You're looking for a guy that you can build around, and so it, it, a lot of it's just going to be team. You know, we talked. You talked about fit with Malik Monk and Bones has still got to find his fit. Um, that you you get a guy. Kyle Lowry was a guy that played in Memphis that was not great in Memphis, and then he goes to Toronto and he's probably going to have a statue up there. So, you know, you get in the right place, then you succeed. Zebo was a guy that bounced around the league. He had some success, but once he got to Memphis, everything unlocked for him. So, once he got to the right spot, then his game elevated. And I think that's what it's going to be for this guy for sure.
1: It's possible.
0: All right, man. Cam Whitmore, six foot, seven inch wing out of Villanova, explosive athlete. He plays unselfishly. A guy that is good as Cam Whitmore, you think would want to. Dude, I don't even know how to word this because I like, there's almost no way to word this to make it not sound bad, but I don't mean it in a bad <laughs> way. Like he, he's unselfish, but as good as he is, I would like for him to be just a little bit more selfish. It's like, you know, so I, Cam, Cam Whitmore, is best player on his team. I think Cam Whitmore has superstar power. Um, There's some things that he has to work on. He shot 34% from three. That's something I, you know, that's a decent number. Would like to see that go up, obviously. And I think that he's going to put work in. He's already got an NBA ready body. He has the strength to go in, absorb contact. He's going to be able to play and be successful day one because of his size and his elite uh, footwork. He's going to be a versatile defender, Uh, One through four probably may struggle with some bigger fours. Um, And and then he has – I think he may be the first guy that I've mentioned this with in this draft season. He's got an elite basketball IQ, and and that's something, to me, knowing the game, being able to read the game and slow it down while you're out there on the floor – some guys have it. Some guys don't. And and your athleticism will allow you to make up for a bad basketball IQ a lot of times. But guys that have athleticism and a basketball IQ end up being really, really good basketball players in the NBA. And that's, you know, I think you look at LeBron James, and I'm not saying this is not comparing Cam Whitmore to LeBron James. So please don't twist that. But as LeBron has evolved, you know, he's year 20 in the league. And if you've watched LeBron throughout these playoffs, you can see that that extra gear that he used to have, that dude's slipping. (laughs) It ain't there anymore. But he's still being effective because of his basketball IQ. He is finding other ways. To impact the game without having that extra level. And that's what guys with a high basketball IQ do. If they're, if something is not working, they're able to recognize it and they can shift gears and impact the game in a different way. And I think Ken Whitmore has that already coming into the league. Another guy, Grizzlies fans are going to hate this one, but Chris Fall is another guy that has an extremely high basketball IQ. He finds ways to impact the game even when things are not going right for him.
1: Well, yeah, Cam Whitmore, I I believe that is where the draft is truly going to start. Uh, I think everyone I have ranked before him is pretty much a sure thing. And he's one of the more closest things to a sure thing, but I'm still not 100% sold. That's not a knock. It just could go either way with him. You know, he does have the perfect size and athletic ability that you're looking for and a potential small four. Like he would fit great on the Pistons. You know, he can drive to the rack play in the paint shoot the three well handle the ball all very well at times when he's finishing at the rack it's kind of clunky he needs to go up harder at times you know he's a he has a good handle can hit the step back three um he's not really confident finishing with his left hand at the rim uh and like you said um You would like to see him more aggressive, more selfish, (laughs) you know, being the best player on his team. I felt that kind of way about Jet Howard with Michigan, you know, so talented. Um, I would like to see him shoot more, Um, but that's not a negative. I remember Harrison Barnes was like that in Carolina as well, Uh, but he can guard multiple positions. He's going to come right in and be ready to play defense. I'm just not so sure his offense is going to translate right away. You know, he's a good three-point shooter. I don't love his form. He kind of has a slower, slow release, um, but he attacks the rim with great force and aggression, great leader, uh, g- quick first step. He has a lot of things you're looking for. You know, sometimes he looks like a baby Paolo Vankero out there, but then other times he reminds me of another top five, top six pick in a draft that most people would say is not the best draft selection, Isaac Okoro. So, It could go either way. It depends on Cam at this point and the team he goes to. You know, him and Okoro Mm. have very similar games and body types, but Cam is a much better three point shooter than Okoro. So that could be the best.
0: Yeah. Cam, I think his offensive game is miles ahead of Okoro. And like, I see, I don't hate the comparison because they do have a lot of the same characteristics, but I, I think that offense was a question for Akoro on draft night and they, because of his size, because of what he brought to the table, they thought that they could develop that with him yeah. and it just hasn't happened. And I think that cam's game offensively is already miles ahead of where, uh, even now, uh, agree, where Akoro is.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that.
0: I was digging while you were talking there. I was digging through trying to see like the, the furthest down that I could find Case and Wallace. <laughs> I'm through like six draft boards and 11 is the deepest I can find him so
1: far. So. And hey, that's what I'm here for. Representing the all rookie podcast. Hey, I
0: like it, man. <laughs> I, I like it. I'm gonna look at one more place. Go ahead, like go ahead and plug it right now, man. We we we've been going for a little bit here. Let everybody know. I, I told you guys at the beginning of the show, William Harris is his name at William is Bill on Twitter. He's the host of the All Rookie Podcast here on the Sports Ethos Network. You can get that anywhere that you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeart, Spotify. Where else can they find your work? I know you said you told you told me something about YouTube the other night. Do you have some you have your own YouTube channel that you're running?
1: Yeah, I'm putting the pods in video form as well on YouTube. Just search the All Rookie Podcast if you'd like to see it. Um, but yeah, thanks again for having me on. I know we're not done, but just the all rookie podcast. Um, I cover the draft, the prospects, and a lot of times we are covering these prospects so much, they're in our daily lives every day. Then the NBA season starts and we forget about them. So with my podcast, the All Rookie Podcast, I cover them through the draft and throughout the whole season. So we keep an eye on all the guys, not just the top five, you know. And uh, coming up soon in the next few days, I'm going to release my rankings 30 through 60. So if you like what you've heard through here, or you're thinking I'm I'm an idiot through here, (laughs) what do you see my next 30 through 60?
0: Man, thinking you're an idiot. Nah, that's definitely not the case, man. That's Here's the deal. Anytime that somebody comes at me about a take that I have, I always go back to Max Kellerman. This man's making big money on ESPN and with a straight face is going to say with the death beam pointed at the planet, give me Andre. No, no, no. It's in that. So yeah, like, Th- this dude is mainstream media taking saying he's going to take Iguodala over Steph Curry with the game on the line, and we all know that that was crap. So yeah, we're going to have some takes that miss here and there, but I'm I'm not going to hide behind them, man. When I'm wrong, right. I'm wrong. It, it is what it is. Like you're not going to bat a thousand doing this, and we all understand that. So we just go in, we we do the best that we can, and everybody looks at things differently. So you know. I gave uh, I gave Will some credit on his show. I'm going to give him some credit. Before we get out of here today, one of the guys that he was higher on than anybody else last year was Jalen Williams out of Arkansas, the big man out of Arkansas that went to OKC. And at the end of the season, Jalen Williams was playing really, really good basketball. And, and there were a lot of people that were kind of dumping on him. And Will, you had him in your top 20, right?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I had him. Projected to go to the Spurs where um, Sohan went. Yeah. Yeah, That was a little little high, but, you
0: know. That's okay. But he's a guy, you saw something in him, and clearly you saw the right, like what you were seeing was right because that led to minutes on an OKC team that's typically, like by that time of the season, tanking so hard that you're going to have 47 different guys out there that you don't know their name and they were not doing that this year. They were in the play-in tournament and won a game, won a game in the play-in. Yeah, yeah. So may- maybe we get to see uh playoff SGA next year. Who knows? That's, that's going to be interesting. I like good basketball. This is a Grizzlies podcast. You guys know that I love Ja, I love Bane, love the Grizzlies, but I love watching good basketball players play basketball, and SGA has been a guy that played in the playoffs on that Clippers team early on in his career. Got traded to OKC and the Paul George thing, and then they've been tanking the entire time he's been there. So I want to see if he really has it on the biggest stage. So we've told you where you can find Will. You know where you can get this show. We're on Twitter at Ethos Grizzlies. I'm at NBA Will21. Isaac is Isaac underscore underscore rivals. Candace is Candace H901 at Candace H901. Um come and holler at us. You guys know that we like interaction. We appreciate you tuning in. Isaac and I will be back at some point with some more draft prospects for you. We told you we're going to try and get through as many of them as we can, sixty plus this year, and we're going to have Will back on, so him and Isaac can argue about a take. He keeps Isaac is dodging him. He's scared. That's yeah, what we're going to yeah. say. It is Come on, Isaac, Isaac. If you're <laughs> Isaac, if you're scared, just say you're
1: scared, man. <laughs> I won't bite, Isaac. <laughs>
0: I'm just looking.
1: Any... i just looking at Cam Whitmore here, and I'm like, man, would that not be a perfect fit for the Grizzlies? If there's a way, you guys could get Cam Whitmore. I know it's pretty impossible, but
0: yeah, I mean, where he's going to end up going in this draft, like he Whitmore is not going past the top ten. Definitely and not. And no. I just, I don't know that there's a package that the Grizzlies are going to put. I. I'll be honest with you. I'm hoping and praying that there's not a package that the Grizzlies are going to put together to go up to get anybody in this draft. Like, I, I just, like, that early in the first round, I want some playable veterans. Harrison Barnes, a free agent. We talked about him on the show. Bring me Harrison Barnes. Dory Dory Finney Smith. Um, Man, who's the other guy in, in Brooklyn that's a, a wing defender? Right yeah yeah Royce O'Neal Cam Johnson give me somebody that is a proven NBA player because I like young guys I want to see them develop but I'm more interested in a championship than anything else and trading up for a guy like Cam Whitmore is not likely going to win you a championship in the next couple years so I'll just pass on that
1: yeah yeah it'll be interesting uh But like I told you, look up C.D. Sizoko. If he falls to you, I think he'll be a good pick if you guys keep the pick. It's always interesting to see what the Grizzlies are going to do, so I can't wait to see what direction y'all head in. Y'all's whole team, staff, GM is normally on top of things. Last year, I thought they went left (laughs) because I didn't really like anyone that you picked last year, but we got to trust the Grizzlies. We'll see what happens.
0: You didn't like the Kenneth Lawton Jr. move?
1: Well, I had him as an undrafted player. He went undrafted, but I also had David Roddy as an undrafted player, and y'all took him in the first round. I Had Laravia as a second round player, took him in the first round. But we'll hey,
0: listen, I man, I Laravia started off well, and then kind of the wheels fell off of it. And, and I didn't, I didn't dislike the Laravia pick. I didn't dislike the Roddy pick. I, I'm not gonna go back down that road. <laughs> these, these guys. These guys have, that have listened to the show, they they know my thoughts on that, so I won't I won't go back into that. So thanks again for tuning in. We're gonna get out of here until next time. I was gonna say go Grizz, but uh, there, there's no basketball. Go anybody but the Warriors.